I hope that Rosh Hashanah was a positive experience. <coughs> We're up to the parsha called Vayelech. The parsha Vayelech discusses the demise of Moshe Rabbeinu. Now we all know that Moshe Rabbeinu's life will come to an end. He was 120 years old, and uh, his inheritor who would bring Am Yisrael to Eretz Yisrael, was designated. And yet, so it's a little curious for us that the Torah is so interested in his last days, the last days of Moshe Rabbeinu. And there are a few points, there are a few points that deserve consideration. Pasuk Aleph, Vayelech Moshe Ve'edabert Advarim El Kol Yisrael. Of course, Vayelech is a crux. Usually, Vayelech means you go someplace. It's the wrong verb to use. Really, what Moshe Rabbeinu must have done was collect all the people. Right? And he didn't Vayelech all the people. Vayelech Moshe. As though he had to go someplace important. There was something going on. Uh, it's not clear. It's not clear. A lot of uh, the parashanut of Chasidut deals with Vayelech. Vayelech Moshe Vayedaber, Vayedaber, Vayelech, Vayedaber. You see the two verbs? And the two verbs, Shtiminit. They don't go together. Vayelech doesn't go with Vayedaber. If you're Vayelech, so you're Vayelech. If you're Vayedaber, you're Vayedaber. What do you Vayelech, Vayedaber? Who ever heard of such a thing? It's not what we uh, uh, usually uh, understand as being uh, auxiliary, like a regular kind of auxiliary. Okay, so we don't understand exactly, but we get the gist that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to say something. Pasuk bet, Vayomer, Vayomer Alehem, Ben Me'asha Lesrim Shana Anochi Hayom, Lo Uchal Od Latzeit Vilavo, like you know, if you if we're strict uh, grammarians, so it sounds like I will not be able to. I will not be able to do this anymore. Lo uchal ma lo uchal. Latzeit vilavo. Latzeit vilavo. What does that mean? What is Latzeit Vilavo? It's it's sort of, uh, we imagine that Moshe Rabbeinu is speaking in a comprehensible manner, but we don't understand what the Psukim psukim mean. So let's look at Rashi. Let's see how Rashi helps us on this uh, this matter. So Rashi says on the the problem of... uh, Lo uchal od latzeit v'lavo. You see in pasuk bet, yachol shetashash kochol. Rashi said, maybe what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying is that he was weak. Tashash kochol. He's a weak. He became weak. He's like used to be strong, and now he's weak. Talmud lo mar. So he says, no, you can't say that because there's a pasuk in the Torah at the end of Dvarim. Somehow that he was youthful. Moshe Rabbeinu remained youthful even at the age of 120, even when he was about to die. So, so if we'll say that Moshe Rabbeinu looked young and felt young and could do things that young people did, so Rashi goes on and he says, It's like a little bit of a Gemara, right? You say, if you'll say this, okay, but if it's not so, then what is lo, what do the words lo uchal mean? What do the words lo uchal mean? Lo So Rashi explains the word uchal, which sounds to us like it means I will not be able as not as a description of his physical limitation, but lo uchal eneni yachol. Eneni yachol le. 
I can't to do it. I don't have permission. Shenatlami many areshut v'nitnali Yoshua, because the authority. That's what Yeshut means. The authority that was given to me has been taken away from me, and it's been passed on to Yehoshua Binun. Okay. So Rashi, in order to explain this rather simple kind of idea, has to create new interpretations for every word in the Pasuk. Davaracher, alternatively, Latzeit v'lavo b'divrei Torah, melamechin istatmu mimenu misorot u'ma'ayanot ha'chokhman. I don't want to go into now a theory of why Rashi sometimes says Davaracher, and what Davaracher means. You know, when, why, sometimes Rashi gives two interpretations, or more than two interpretations, sometimes. But two interpretations, not so uncommon. So what does Rashi mean? Why does Rashi give two interpretations? So usually, uh, when you learn in school, and that's the last time you think about it, somebody says, uh, well, Rashi didn't like the first interpretation. So he said the second one. Well, if he liked the second one, why didn't he say the first Well, I guess he didn't like the second one either so much. So he said the, so he said the first. So, so Rashi becomes kind of enfeebled by this process, which I think is, uh, is the wrong way to look at it. But here, the more interesting thing about Rashi is that Rashi is stuck. Rashi doesn't understand what lo uchal latzeit vilavo means. That's not what it means. So Rashi goes for a, a wild card. Here's Moshe Rabbeinu. He's talking to B'nai Yisrael. And he says to them, So everybody in B'nai Yisrael understood. Up to now, we're having a great time. I give shir. And you come to the shir. And then you chazer the shir. And everything's wonderful. Everything's wonderful. I'm getting a little difficult for me. It's difficult for me to give shir. That's what, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying. So, anyone who could find that clearly stated in the Psukim would be a, a, that would be a miracle. But you have to understand Rashi. Rashi wants to tell us that the Pasuk is difficult, but that it must have some serious meaning. And this serious meaning is for Rashi a, a possible solution. A possible solution for what the Torah wants to say. Right? So that's what, that's what, uh, what Rashi says. Now if we look at the bottom of the Ramban, the Ramban says, Vayelech Moshe. Remember, we had this problem, where did Moshe Rabbeinu go? Where did he come from? Rashi didn't deal with that question. But the Ramban does. The Ramban says, Kasher Yishlim Kol Divarav. So he says, Rashi, Rashi, the Ramban says, in the previous parasha, Nitzavim, Atem Nitzavim, Hayom Kuchem, the Moshe is talking to B'nai Yisrael. What's Vayelech Moshe? After he finished, after he finished, everybody went home, which I guess is what you do when the show is over. Right? They all went home. But so then Moshe Rabbein had to go after them. They weren't there anymore. So he said, Moshe Rabbein said, Hey, I want to tell you something. I have something else to say. Something new to say. And he says, and then the Ramban says, And he says, if you come and you say to me, like, you know, what's important about that? The Torah doesn't have to tell us. That Moshe Rabbeinu, on the way to talking to B'nai Yisrael, bought a coke from the machine. Rather than to say that, maybe he bought a coke, maybe he didn't buy a coke. But it's not something that the Torah has to tell us. So why does the Torah have to tell us this? He says, "Ki kvar amar atem nitzavim ayom kuchem lefnei Hashem elokechem lo vecha bevrit Hashem elokechem." That's what says the pesukim. Va'achar ovram bevrit. So the, so the implication is that the last act that Moshe Rabbeinu will do before B'nai Yisrael is this Brit, this covenant that is mentioned in the parish of Nitzavim. 
ממחנה לביאה אל מחנה לישראל לכבדם. כמו שירצה להיפטר מחברו, הוא בא ליטול רשות ממנו. So, again, you read the פוסק, you read the רמב"ן, it's terrific. Like the רמב"ן says, oh, suppose Rabbeinu is a nice man, and the people left him, so he went to them to say goodbye to them, hello to them. It's not written any place in the פסוקים. Nothing. It's just that the Ramban, the Ramban has this idea that the Torah should make sense. And if you have to make, you have to add a few little details here and there in order to make sense. So that's what, that's what you should do. Now we're up to Pasuk, uh, well, let's go back to Pasuk Gimel. Hashem lokecho ove lefanecha, hu yashmid et agoyim ha'elu belefanecha liyushtam, יהושע הוא עובר לפניך כאשר דיבר השם. ועשה השם לכם כאשר עשה לסיחון, ולא מלכי המורי לארצם אשר השמיד אותם, ונתנם השם לפניכם ועשיתם להם ככל המצווה אשר ציוויתי אתכם. So this is what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying. He's giving it like a little pet talk. We've already had a covenant, and we all know we're going to Eretz Yisrael. So Moshe Rabbeinu says to B'nai Yisrael, listen, just think of things in your own experience. Remember Sichon and Og? Remember those battles? Remember we won? We beat them down? We'll continue to beat them down. But that's how Moshe Rabbeinu says. It's like a Moshe Rabbeinu postscript. Maybe the covenant, the Nitzavim, was too complicated. It was uh, too much... Uh, too exalted, the language was too exalted. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, "Detain them by VIVM, just like we gave it to them. Sichon and Oh, we're going to give it to them. Don't worry. I know that you're worried, but there's no reason to worry." Chizkuve imtzu pasuk vav. Chizkuve imtzu al tiruve al taratzum ibnehem ki Hashem lokeho lechimach lo yarpecha velo yazvech. So there's nothing new here. It's just Moshe Rabbeinu speaking to B'nai Yisrael as Moshe Rabbeinu in a different setting. Not in the official setting of Nitzavim. Not that. But Moshe Rabbeinu goes over to them afterwards. Pats them on the back like a coach on the basketball team. And he says... You can do it. You know, first you sit in this room, which has a smart board in it, you know, the, all the basketball players, and you push your finger here, and you push your finger there, and they show little plays, and what happened, and, and how you're going to take care of that. Afterwards, where the players are walking out to the field, so the coach goes with them, and he says, well, usually the coach is little, right, and the players are tall, or, well, I guess it depends on whether he was a player himself once. But <laughs> any event, you get shorter. Like, you know, life makes you shorter, which I guess is a lesson of some sort. So he says, come on, you can do it. He pats him on the back and he says, great. So what did he say? We just went through the whole thing. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's like, I'm with you. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu was saying to B'nai Yisrael. He's saying, I'm with you. Moshe also, Sebi Yoshua, Batzor is what Chazak Vemat. You can do it. Keep up the job. Keep doing it. Atat Tavo et Amazela Aret. Tavo. Atat Tavo et Amazela Aret. Asher Nishbar Hashem Lavotam. Latait Lahem Vata. Tanchilenu Otam. So, if I had to sort of like use the Ramban and use Rashi. Right, so the Ramban and Rashi all together. Moshe Rabbeinu wants to say a few things to B'nai Yisrael. He wants to say to them that this is the right thing. This is the justified path. Lo uchal. It's not for me anymore. Latzeit v'lavo. You need a younger guy. You need Yoshua Binun. You need somebody. But then, after he's finished, he goes over to them where they are and he says, You can do it. Don't worry. It's all right. So in other words, Moshe Rabbeinu, the Predah of Moshe Rabbeinu, is in these Psukim. 
the preda of Moshe Rabbeinu, the goodbyes of Moshe Rabbeinu to B'nai Yisrael, and the attempt by Moshe Rabbeinu to prove to B'nai Yisrael, it's okay. I mean, okay, Moshe Rabbeinu was a great leader, but Yoshua Binun will do it. Right? Chazak ve'ematz, he says to Yoshua Binun. Chizku ve'imtzu, he says to, he says to B'nai Yisrael, because he understands that there's a fault here. There's something that uh, we're not going to be able, uh, that you're not going to really be able to overcome so easily. That Moshe Rabbeinu is leaving and Yoshua Binun, Yoshua Binun is coming. Let's go back to Pasuk Bet. Vayomer lehem ben me'ah v'esrim shana anochi hayom. Ben me'ah v'esrim shana anochi hayom. He announces his age. I mean, I assume that everybody knew how old Moshe Rabbeinu was. He was, after all, an important person, a dignitary. <coughs> the Rambari. V'zel enachem otam alinyano. Klomar. And he's a king. Vein lechem oto elet mimen. The Ramban. He says, he says, Moshe Rabbeinu wanted them to feel good. He wanted the day to feel good about the change of authority from Moshe to Yoshua. So what, what did he say? He says, look, I can't do anything anyway. 120 years old, I mean, you're not going to run around on a horse and, uh, you know, go out into the field and fight the battles. He says, he says, that's l'nachemota. In order to give them peace of mind. Anizaken. Ve'inachem oto elet bimeni. Imagine Moshe Rabbeinu saying that to B'nai Yisrael. I'm worthless. I mean, in my present state. And what can I do for you? How can I help you? Ve'od ki Hashem tzivani shelo evosham. And furthermore, God has commanded me not to go there. He says, don't worry. God will stay with you. And the Shechina will stay with you. And God will not leave you because I am leaving you. God will not say, oh, without Moshe Rabbeinu, there's no Eisek. The Ramban says what Rashi says, that even though we know the Pesach says that Moshe Rabbeinu was healthy and strong, So the Ramban comes to the conclusion, unlike Rashi and Pshat, that Moshe Rabbeinu said that, said that I'm weak and tired, only that they should feel better. In fact, Moshe Rabbeinu was not weak at all. He wasn't tired at all. What did Rashi say? Rashi says, it doesn't make any sense. Therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu must be talking about Torah, about, about himself as a teacher of Torah, not about himself as a physical, as a physical person. And so you see, you see that the Ramban continues this thought, and it fits into Rashi, that here Moshe Rabbeinu is taking personal leave of B'nai Yisrael, and saying once again, not that the, not that the covenant with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is maintained or continued, rather that even without Moshe Rabbeinu, they will be, they will be successful. Okay, so now, with your permission, we'll learn a bit of Hasidus. I mean, I call it Hasidus because it was written by a Chosid. So it was written by a Chosid, I guess. It's got to be Hasidus. Like, there's no choice. This is a sefer called Sod Yisharim. Sod Yisharim is about the Moadim. In the part on Simchat Torah... Paragraph 18. That's what the... Uh, that's where it's from. The Sodi Sharim was the Rajziner. The Rebbe of the Tchelas. I don't know if this means anything to you, but, you know, he, he was very interested in uh, Tchelas, and he thought that he had discovered 
um, the chilazon from which the chilas was made. But he was fooled by the Italian fishermen. And this was proven first, interestingly enough, by Rav Herzog. Rav Herzog was in Ireland. Rav Herzog was the chief rabbi of Ireland during World War II. And he had nothing to do. Because there were no Jews in Ireland, or very few Jews. And nobody certainly wanted to learn. And there was a war going on. So Rav Herzog was totally displaced. Like he had nothing to do, so he did two doctorates in Ireland. I don't think he attended university, but somehow he did these two doctorates. One was on Jewish law. And he wrote these two very interesting and very complicated um, uh, uh, books on Choshen Mishpat, on the, on the laws of Choshen Mishpat, which he said, I think, I'm in it to story. You know stories? What difference does it make if they're real or not? As long as they make the point. So he said that he was able to write this doctorate, which is full of references to all uh, of uh, rabbinic literature. He was able to write this doctorate because he had no Sfarim during the war. Because had he had Sfarim, he would have had to look things up. And that would have slowed him down immensely. But since he had no Sfarim, he wrote the whole thing by memory. So it was not a, it was not a big uh, issue for him. You know, he had a wondrous, Rafetchik had a wondrous memory. And uh, was, a, was a truly righteous uh, personality. Uh, and so he wrote one doctorate on jurisprudence, on Torah jurisprudence. He wrote another doctorate on Tchelis, on the royal purple. And then he proved, at least to his own satisfaction, and to others, that uh, what's called the Rajina Tchelis, which you could still buy in Bnei Brak, uh, was really not Tchelis at all, and that the fishermen in Italy fooled the Rajina into thinking that uh, what they had, the jellyfish or something, they had actually produced a blue dye. And that's how it was until just a few years ago when uh, there was a refinement made in the Tchelis process and uh, the people who are now involved in Tchelis, some of them students of mine and some of them uh, living in the Gush, you know, in Gush Etzion, um, who are making quite, I think they're making, uh, I actually saw one of them recently tell me that they're doing terrific. Everybody's buying chelis. You know, it doesn't mean everybody's buying. It's like everybody's buying Crocs. You know, not everybody, but a lot of people. So a lot of people are buying chelis, and and they they understood that you had to take the, uh, the 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 juice of the jellyfish or whatever it is, and put it out in the sun, and this some kind of a photosynthesis process converts it into the color blue which we call royal purple, on which you die, with which you die there. But tzitzes, and therefore, right now, that position seems to be reasonable. Although, you know how it is, the Jews, the Jews, Jews don't like to be the second ones to be innovative. It was, I'm willing to be the first one, but if somebody else beats me to it, I'm against them. So, so there are a lot of people who were not the first, so they don't like Tchelis. So we'll see, time will tell whether the Tchelis will win or, or will lose. So this, that's the Rajziner. Now the Rajziner was, the, the Rajziner was, was a great genius. The Rajziner was a great genius and uh, uh, probably the God of Ador in, in many ways. He was extraordinary, except that he he spent a lot of time on this Tchelis business. Everybody thought he was he like, you know, doing the wrong thing, that he should just be sitting and learning. But he was a, a tremendously brilliant person. He was the grandson of the Meshiloch. Meshiloch is known as the, the Rebbe who had some different ideas. His son, his son was the Beis Yaakov. 
the Meit Shiloh had a son, the Beis Yaakov, and he had a son, the Soji Shorim. Now all these Svarim, all the Svarim, the, the books of the grandfather, and the father, and the son, were written by the son. I mean, you have to under, understand that the Meishiloach, while he said things, never wrote them down. And they were written by his grandson. The Beis Yaakov, while he said many things, didn't really write them down. Maybe wrote them a little bit, but they're written down by the Radzina. And finally, the Radzina wrote his own book called the Sod, uh, Sod Yisharim, in which he tries to explain things that were left unexplained in the books that he wrote in the name of his grandfather and his father. You understand how this all works? So, in any event, he was very clever. So here we are. Here we are. I just want to see. I have uh, my papers, which have a few notes on them. Okay, so he says this. You see, Yudches, with name also. Zikeni means my grandfather. My grandfather means the Meishi Loach. Right? This is something the Meishi Loach said. Hagaon Hakadosh ki biyomoto beetistakluso. That's what he said. That's what the Meshiloch said. That when Moshe Rabbeinu died, Moshe Rabbeinu died, as Nishlam Moshe Rabbeinu Legamre. What does that mean? What did he mean? And so the grandson writes, La Vinzot Halo Ita Bezohar Hakadosh. Right? In other words, in order to understand what my grandfather meant, I have to remind you of something that's written in the Zohar. Something that's written in the Zohar. Of course, all of you have learned the Zohar, but you may have just forgotten this one little point. So the Zohar is usually quoted by the parasha and the page number. There's a standard edition of the Zohar, even though there are other editions, but the pagination somehow is always kept the same. Like in the Gemara. He says, the Zohar Kadosh in the parasha of Balak, Kuf Pei Zion Amud Bet. That's what he's quoting. This is what it actually says in the Zohar. Well, the way it's quoted here has to be uh, has to be adjusted. If they put out an addition, somebody would make the, the comment. But I'm going to tell you what it says in the Zohar. In the Zohar it says this. Moshe Rabbeinu, the law have a peroda, Moshe Moshe. Peroda is something that's mafrid. Because it says Moshe Moshe. That's what it says. That's what the Zohar says. As you, now you know why it's Kabbalah, because you know what understands what... I'm going, to have to, I'm going to have to try to explain this. There's a Pasuk. Bereshis Kov Bet, Pasuk 11. This Pasuk is in the, in the parasha of uh, Akedat Yitzchak. Akedat Yitzchak is the parasha that we read yesterday. Wow. We read it yesterday. So you all know these Pasukim. So this is the Pasuk that I'm interested in. Now you'll know it, Baalpeh. Vaikra Elav Malach Hashem Min HaShamayim Vaikra Elav Malach Hashem Min HaShamayim Like Avram Avinu is about to slaughter his son Yitzchak He's holding on to the Machelet and he's about to kill him, to sacrifice him and so the Pasuk says Vaikra Elav Malach Hashem Min HaShamayim The angel of God calls to Avram Avinu Min HaShamayim and what did he say? Huh? Yafeh? But wrong. Listen. Vayomer, Vayomer, Avraham, Avraham, Vayomer, Hineini. Now what is it that it really says in the Chumash? Really? 
I have an advantage. I'm looking at the Chumash. But you all looked at the Chumash yesterday. So you know it, Baal Peh. What does it really say? What does it really say? I'm going to read it again. I cry out, Baalach Hashem, and the Shemayim, Vayomer, Avraham, Psik, Avraham. Psik. You know there are Ta'amim. You know when somebody reads from the Torah? Now everybody learns Ta'amim, right? The women learn Ta'amim, the men learn Ta'amim, everybody learns Ta'amim. But there's an un, un, a non-musical Ta'am. What are the Ta'amim? It's a line that divides the word before from the word after. And in this case, Vayoma Avraham Avraham, that line appears again. Vayikra Elav Malach Hashem Rashamayim. Vayomer, that usually, if a Balkore is very, very careful, he would read it, Vayomer, Avraham, Avraham. Like, you know, Shtein Nishimos in the Tkiyas, you know, Avraham, Avraham. That's, a, that's called a psik. It's a ta'am. It's, it tells us how to read the pasuk correctly. So you say, okay, big deal. Avraham, Avraham. It's boring. Avraham, Avraham. So the Torah says, the Tabib say, Avraham, Avraham. Who knows anyway, Tabib are pretty much a mystery. Why these Tabib and not different Tabib? It's all, it's all a kind of a mystery. Here there's a psik. There's a psik vayomer Avraham, a line, a, a vertical line, Avraham vayomer hineni. Vayomer hineni. In Shemos Perigimel Posuk 4, Shemos Perigimel is about Moshe Rabbeinu's vision at the Sneh. Right? Sneh. Vayar Hashem kisar lirot. Hashem saw that Moshe Rabbeinu was coming close to the sned to see what was going on. And God called out to Moshe Rabbeinu from the sned. Okay, yeah, there's a change. The Malach Hashem and Elohim. Okay, the Ramban talks about that. That's not our issue. But what did the Malach say to Moshe Rabbeinu? Vayomer. Moshe, Moshe, Yafer. And how does how does that sound? Pretty similar. But if you would look in the Chumash as I am looking in the Chumash, which is sometimes a tremendous advantage, you would notice that there is no psik between the Moshe and the Moshe. Isn't that remarkable? Avraham, psik, Avraham. Moshe, Moshe, no psik. That's what the Zohar is interested in. It's a question of Parshanut. It's a question of Parshanut for those of you who think that Parshanut includes Ta'amim, Ta'amea Mikra. There are are Achronim and, and Mishanim, certainly who thought that one had to pay close attention to the Ta'amim in order to understand what the Psukim were talking about. So now if I look at the Zohar, that Zohar that is quoted, it says, Lavin Zot, of the third line, Halo Ita, Bezor HaKadosh Moshe, Miyad it kasher bedarga delay over Moshe Moshe. This that's a mistake. In the Zohar it says something else. Those that abbreviation. In other words, according to the Zohar, why was there no psik between Moshe number one and Moshe number two? Because Moshe Rabbeinu was always Moshe Rabbeinu. There was no development in Moshe Rabbeinu. When he was born, he was Moshe Rabbein, already. Unlike Avram Avinu. 
and therefore you don't have that have sake. Haresha yad nishlam miyad miyom hivaldo. That's what it means. That Moshe Rabbeinu was perfect on the day of his birth. Achena nyanhu ki matzinu shakatu mishabech ma'od et yom bolto. And that's why the Torah is interested in the day of his death, Kedichtiv, O Moshe ben Mea v'esrim shana b'moto, lo ka'ata e'no v'lo nasleichot. This is the Pasuk that Rashi mentioned and that the Ramban mentioned, but they mentioned as a kasha. How could Moshe Rabbeinu say, I don't have koyach? Ayat says, lo nasleichot. But the Zohar is answering a different question. The Zohar is answering a question, Okay, so Moshe Rabbeinu was a physical specimen, so he was in good shape, so he ran when he was young, and he was still able to, 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 to deep, breathe deeply. At the end of the day, he died on that day. So what difference is if he died healthy or a day? So not, a, not some kind of a course in, uh, you know, in, uh, in, uh, tivonut, natural food eating or something. I mean, that's not what the Torah is teaching us. But the Zohar says, the Zohar says what the Torah means is, what the Torah means is that Moshe Rabbeinu started out perfect, and so he ended up perfect. He ended up perfect. Okay, Hainu. Shemosh Rabbeinu Haya Kedichtiv. Now listen to this. He says, after all, you remember that when Machkodesh Baruch Hu wanted Moshe Rabbeinu to go, and talk to the Egyptians to get Bnei Yisrael out of Mitzrayim, Moshe Rabbeinu said he couldn't do it. Why? That he had difficulty speaking. He was imperfect in his ability to speak. So this seems to be a contradiction to what the Zohar claims. The Zohar claims that Moshe Rabbeinu was always perfect. I'm going to be kvad peh, kvad lashon, uveemet. Mechishayach lomar Moshe Rabbeinu, kvad peh, kvad lashon. He says, even if, uh, so, so the Sod Yishorim says, even if Moshe Rabbeinu did have a speech defect, that should appear in the Torah. The Torah should say he lisped. Moshe Rabbeinu lisped. Or Moshe Rabbeinu has a squeaky voice. I mean, what's it, what's it, what's it got to do with anything? You know, Akkadish Baruch says to Moshe Rabbeinu, take them out of his tribe. So Moshe Rabbeinu, take them out of his tribe. I mean, well, 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 he's, not, he's not in the context for Kayan and Kol Yisrael. I mean, what difference does it make? Kvad, kvad, lachon. The whole thing doesn't mean anything. Alol matzinu. Shebe'er Moshe et ha-Torah. Al-shivim lachon. And we know that this pasuk appears twice in the book of Devarim. Oil Moshe, be'er et ha-Torah. So, that Moshe Rabbeinu was the champion linguist of his time. He knew every language. He could explain the Torah into every language. Ella, listen. Who's that? Base Yaakov, your friend. That's the base Yaakov. He says, he's giving everybody a little credit. Everybody in the family is getting a little credit here. So what did the base Yaakov say? Remember that Gemara? That you know everybody has this kind of cleft under their nose, and that's when the Malach whacks you when you're born. And then you forget all the Torah. Right? Azai shocheach ba'olam al-yon v'zot ha-shikicha hu-ikar ha-gmar shel ha-guf. And he says, forgetting, forgetting the whole Torah is the makib patish It's the final, it's the final act of creation. Like, you know, a, a woman is pregnant, she has a baby, all this is happening, and then whack! The angel hits them under the nose, or her, and then creates shechecho. Forgetfulness. Aval, gabei Moshe Rabbeinu, lo haya peh gomer. 
כי מעולם לא סיטרו מלאך על פיו. He says, "Kvat pem means." Moshe Rabbeinu says, "My mouth was never properly formulated because when I was born, the angel was off duty. No angel. I just, I just took the Olam Ha'Elyon with me. I was, I was always there." He says, "Lo sitro ba'hapiv u'bemeila lo haya etzlo shum shikicha." ומדרגה עליונה כזו נקרא בדברי תורה כפת פה וכפת לשון. And that's why, and that in the Torah is called כפת פה וכפת לשון. So according to the Sod Yishorim, what does כפת פה mean? What does כפת לשון mean? Not finished. Missing something. There's something missing. What's missing in Moshe Rabbeinu? שיקחו. Why is it missing? Because the angel forgot to give him a knack. The angel didn't give him a knack. Hainu shaguf shel Moshe Rabbeinu haya mishulau gmar. So the body of Moshe Rabbeinu was never finished. It was never properly finished. Af shemitzat hanefesh hayu bo miyad kol hashleimut od miyom hivaldo. So the guf was never finished, but the nefesh was perfect. Achein. מה שנקרא שלמות מצד הגוף, זאת לא היה ייתכן שיגמר אצלו רק ביום מותו. זה שלמות מצד הגוף. Remember, what's the שלמות מצד הגוף? This cleft. The fact that you forget. The fact that you don't know the Torah. He says, when is it possible for that to happen to Moshe Rabbeinu? This is so Yisharim. It's amazing. I think it's amazing. לא היה ייתכן שיגמר אצלו that his body, he'd Moshe Rabbeinu. Everybody else's body is finished when they're born. When was Moshe Rabbeinu's body finished? רק ביום מותו. רק ביום מותו. What does Rashi say? What does Rashi say? לא אוכל לצאת ולבוא. And what does Rashi say that means? I can't learn with you. I'm not what I used to be. I'm forgetting the Torah. Which means, what does that mean? That Moshe Rabbeinu is shalem. In the sense that now his body becomes shalem. So for Moshe Rabbeinu, the creation process was different. He was born. But he wasn't created. He wasn't created until he died. Until the last day of his death. And therefore, he says... Therefore, the Sod Yisharim says, "Lachem mishabeach kol kacha katuv et yom moto." And therefore, we see in the Pesukim, there's a lot of concern about the day of Moshe Rabbeinu's death. Ki gemar hashleimut mitzad aguf shel Moshe Rabbeinu udichtiv in chashochev im avotecha vekam in chashochev. You're going to be just like them on the day that you die. Right, that the the light of the moon. Yisrael. And so, that somehow the light of Moshe Rabbeinu on the last day of his life will devolve into the 600,000 souls of Bnei Yisrael. For the light of the moon, This is the true completion of of Moshe Rabbeinu Gamitzar HaGuf Ushleimut Kazo Iyevsharak Be'edis Nakluto Lazeh Mishabeach Kol Kach HaKatu Et Yom Moto So now, let's just look at the beginning. The third line. What did his grandfather say? Ki Biyom Moto Be'edis Nakluto Shaz Nishlam Moshe Rabbeinu Legamre. 
And the Sodhisharyam says, the reason that we're interested, the reason that we're interested in the death of Moshe Rabbeinu is because the death of Moshe Rabbeinu made it possible for him to pass the Torah on to everybody else in Am Yisrael. How so? Because until he died, the Torah was with him. How was the Torah with him? Because we learned, according to the Saud Yisharim, that Moshe Rabbeinu never forgot anything. And if he never forgot anything, so his tfisah in the Torah, the way he understood the Torah, was greater than any of his students. He couldn't have a student. Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't really have a student. And so they had a question, so who's Yoshua bin Nun? Who is Hur? And who is, who is Aaron Akohen? Who are all these people? They're not Moshe Rabbeinu. You can't be the student of perfection. Because you have that limitation. You have that limitation. And therefore, there's a, an ongoing question of how Moshe Rabbeinu passed the Torah on to the next generation. And the answer of the Sergei Sharim is this. That the reason that Moshe Rabbeinu's relationship to the Torah was perfect, he never forgot anything, he knew everything that ever learned perfectly, was because at the time of his creation, he was also created perfectly. And therefore, in order for him to pass on the Torah, he had to develop an imperfection. He had to be like everybody else. And so when the Meshilach said, you know, on the day that he died, Moshe Rabbeinu was like everything, everybody else. What did he mean? He meant that he could have Talmidim, that the other people would be able to look and say, okay, I'm not as great as Moshe Rabbeinu was, but I can take the Torah and run with it, so to speak. I can, I can continue with the Torah. And therefore, therefore, Moshe, there's the Zohar, he calls the Zohar that makes this distinction between Avram Avinu, who was Avraham, becoming Avraham, right, learning things. Akedat Yitzchak was a learning experience for Avram Avinu. He didn't know what was going to happen. And the angel came and said, no, Avraham slash Avraham. But Moshe Rabbeinu was Moshe Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu was always perfect until the day that he died. On the day that he died, Moshe Rabbeinu said, Lo uchav. And Rashi said, Davar acher. I can't learn like I used to learn. I can't teach like I used to teach. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? It means... Yoshua bin Nun can do it. I can't do it. It's not as though I created a model that can never be repeated. But I tell you now on the day of my death, Lo uchal vatzeit vilavo. I, Moshe Rabbeinu, who my whole life was Moshe Rabbeinu, have suddenly become completed and I'm not able. Lo uchal vatzeit so that Moshe Rabbeinu, to editorialize just for a minute, Moshe Rabbeinu had this problem. He had to pass on the leadership of Am Yisrael to Yoshua Rabbeinu. Now what was he going to say? What argument could he possibly muster? Yoshua Rabbeinu may have been a great student. Yoshua Rabbeinu may have been a devoted follower. Yoshua Bidud may have even had leadership qualities that we saw later on in the book of Yoshua. But what argument could Moshe Rabbeinu have possibly used to convince the people that they should follow Yoshua Bidud? I mean, to say that Yoshua Bidud is second rate compared to Moshe Rabbeinu, I think is a compliment to Yoshua Bidud. I mean, no one thought that Yoshua bin Nun is Moshe Rabbeinu. Even though it's true that at the beginning of the book of Yoshua, the first pasuk, Yoshua bin Nun is called 
Eved Hashem. Only Moshe Rabbeinu is called Eved Hashem. And Yoshua ben Nun is also called Eved Hashem. Okay, it's an interesting, it's an interesting point. But what Moshe Rabbeinu said to them, what Moshe Rabbeinu said to them today, I reached the completeness. My completeness equals imperfection of others. And therefore, I can on this day pass down everything to Yehoshua Binu. Because we are the same. Moshe Benu might be better at some things. Yehoshua could be better at other things. But we are now the same. Up to now, it was Moshe, Moshe, Moshe. Moshe was always Moshe Rabbein. He wasn't a developing character. He was Kfad Pevik Kfad Lashon. As the Sod Yishorim explains it, but now, Lo Uchalat Seit Vilavo. I can't learn like I used to be. I, it's not, you can ask me a Shiloh, and I won't have to think about it. You won't be able to ask me a Shiloh, and I'll just come up with a perfect answer without any without anybody uh, uh, having to deal with it. No. That's over. I can't learn like I used to be able to learn. And therefore, that is what's going to make Yoshua Binun into a credible lead leader. Chizkuve in Tzu, Moshe Rabbeinu says to B'nai Yisrael, be strong in the knowledge that I've passed it down to Yoshua Binun, because now I am like Yoshua Binun. Chazak v'amatz to Yoshua Binun. You should know that you're not the you're not the default candidate. You're the only candidate, and you will lead the people to Eretz Yisrael. Have a good chance.